a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, the eyes of the world are on the Beijing Olympics. The leaders of China and Russia also met up today. Show of solidarity, strengthen their relationship. They called out NATO and the West. But what does this all really mean? Uh, not only for the U.S., but for ongoing situations like Ukraine. Uh, all of those things are, are crucial, and there are so many interconnected dynamics going on uh, that it is a, just a fascinating thing to dig into. And what are the impacts of all of these different things that are going on? Uh, what will happen during the course of the Olympic Games? How much of a focus will there, there be on uh, human rights uh, violations and abuse and uh, religious persecution and so on uh, within Russia? And how does that Russia-China relationship play out? And what does that really mean? Uh, Yesterday, Senator Mitt Romney sat down with the Washington Post for a wide-ranging conversation. Uh, We talked about some of that yesterday in terms of uh, how it impacted Ukraine. But it was also interesting, in the course of the conversation with the Washington Post, Senator Romney touched on China's vision for its future and why China is a rising threat to the U.S. China represents a real uh, challenge as a result of a number of things. One is its economy is going to be much larger than ours at some point, and their military will therefore be much larger than ours. We haven't encountered anything like that, at least in the last 75 years, because when we were battling the Soviet Union in a Cold War, they were economically a backwater. But China is going to be a very powerful nation economically, technologically and militarily. China has also laid out a very clear game plan as to what they want to accomplish over the next 50 years. And we had to read it and be convinced that they intend to do what they say they intend to do, which is to become the world leader. I think that's because of the just the sheer size of China. They are going to be bigger economically, uh, which will in turn make them larger and more powerful militarily. Uh, and that they'll also have technology and all those other things that go along with that. And I think the most important thing the senator said was they have a playbook and we should read it. And we should recognize that when they say they are going to be the, the world leader, the superpower of the world, they're not kidding. Uh, they have very clear paths and things that they intend to do. And so we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of how that impacts us. Here at home, it has tremendous impact uh, around the world. And we have to make sure that we're considering all of the right pieces of that puzzle uh, as we try to move that forward. And so that makes so many of the in- of the conversations that are going on. We know the House today uh, passed uh, a bill that was really designed uh, and kind of titled and framed in the context of uh, competing with China, 
I'm not sure a lot of the things in that bill actually are about competing with China. There's a lot of other things in there that shouldn't be in a 3,000-page bill because there never should be a 3,000-page bill, but we'll save that conversation for a little later. Uh, Senator Romney went on to to talk about uh, some interesting things in terms of the International Olympic Committee. And obviously, Senator Romney has vast experience as it relates to the Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee in particular. And he took this organization that he has worked closely with to task for awarding the 2022 Games to Beijing. Well, the International Olympic Committee should have never awarded the Games to Beijing. Now, in the defense of the IOC, Beijing has put in place a number of even more awful uh, actions uh, since the Games were awarded there. We can't have the International Olympic Committee awarding games to authoritarian states that use the Olympics as a platform for, for propaganda and which threaten the free speech rights of our athletes. That simply can't happen again. I think the senator's right uh, on that in terms of the responsibility of the International Olympic Committee. I do think it puts our athletes, uh, and athletes from every country, by the way, in a very tough spot. We always talk about trying to take things out of politics when it comes to the Olympics, but politics always creeps in. And especially when you're dealing with the kinds of issues that are going on inside of China, very hard for an athlete, especially an athlete that may have very specific, uh, passionate beliefs in terms of what is going on inside of China and the impact and why the U.S. should stand up or that somebody, somebody ought to stand up and speak out. And that does put Olympic athletes at great risk. Uh, I thought it was interesting to note uh, the other day that uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, encouraged the Olympic athletes from the U.S. to not speak out against things that were happening in China and and to give her space. Uh, she was clearly doing that in the context of the athletes' safety and security. And I don't think I do not think that the Speaker of the House was uh, promoting any kind of limits to to free speech. Uh, I think she was genuinely saying, look, be careful. Uh, This is a dangerous place. We know many of the athletes were encouraged to have burner phones uh, so that uh, the tracking and and the long term impacts of what they do while they're in Beijing uh, won't be subject to any targeting from the Chinese government. Uh, and so I thought that was an interesting component, uh, and it is important, I think, for the International Olympic Committee to uh, to really scrutinize these co- these countries to make sure that uh, we're not creating a space uh, that is going to be hyper political, and uh, that we're not rewarding uh, authoritarian regimes with platforms uh, for propaganda. I think that's an uh, important part of that process as well. Uh, finally, in the Washington Post conversation yesterday, Senator Romney rounded things out on uh, what's going on, obviously, in Ukraine and how that impacts not just the Russia dynamic, but how this also impacts relationships with China. I think it's very important for China to recognize that our economic response and that of our allies and friends around the world would be withering if China were to uh, invade or otherwise take over the island of Taiwan and the people there. It's one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to be clear in our response to what Russia's doing in Ukraine, because obviously China's watching as well. So people who say, hey, why do we care about Ukraine? You know, let, let's just forget Ukraine. It's like, guys, recognize we care about not just Ukraine, but Taiwan and other places in the world, Hong Kong and, and so forth. And 
and showing resolve is critical in each of these places. So be very, very clear about the economic impl implications that we and others would impose on China. But on a military front, uh, that's something I think you keep uh, uh, in our back pocket and have the Chinese uncertain as to exactly what we would do. So I think it's important to note uh, that as we look at these possible sanctions that will come, if you, if the, uh, if excuse me, if Vladimir Putin and the Russians invade Ukraine, and uh, whether those will truly be withering uh, or whether they will be watered down, uh, either by the administration if they choose to to act just uh, from the executive branch, or whether they get watered down uh, because of what takes place uh, in the House or the Senate. Uh, in terms of those sanctions. And to me, there's a big difference, and it's a fine line uh, between sanctions and efforts that would be withering and those that will simply be watered down where Russia and China can kind of grin and uh, and move on. But it is clear that Russia and China are, are standing together on a number of things. Uh, both the uh, Russian and Chinese uh, president uh, spoke out uh, unified against the West. They criticized NATO. Uh, they talked about uh, a lot of the things that uh, really have been going wrong in the world and, and blaming those on the West. They're also trying to double down on this uh, idea uh, that has been bantered about in terms of the U.S. Uh, being the aggressors in all of this, that the U.S. is trying to goad or bait uh, Russia into a war. And all of those things, again, are from a propaganda machine from Russia and also from China. Uh, I think those are dangerous things. And again, in the context of these Olympic Games, I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch to see uh, what what do the athletes do? Uh, do the athletes speak up? Do they just stay silent? Uh, how does that play out? Uh, are there are there any penalties in terms of some of the events that are scored by judges? Uh, is there a, a penalty factor for those who may be uh, speaking out or speaking up uh, against some of the things that are going on inside of China or things relating to Taiwan or to Hong Kong? Uh, we know there, there will be some message uh, messaging going on around that, uh, whether from the athletes or just from outside groups. There, there will be pressure there for sure. And how we begin to really look at all of that, to me, is the real test. And so while... It is always true that we look at the games, the Olympic Games, as this opportunity for the world to come together. Uh, it is a time for the world to come together. And there's a lot of looking and sizing up that is going on because of lack of leadership in so many different places and spaces. And that's what we got to get down to. That'll do it for hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. After top of the hour news, much more to come. Stay with us here on Inside Sources. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.